Coming up on AEA Amplified, Peregrine founder Dave Rankin has the skinny on his company's new ODA designation to help process engineering approvals and better serve the aerospace industry. From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of AEA Amplified. As always, it's sponsored by our good friends at Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company, providing full flight deck upgrade solutions of customizable EFA smart displays, UHF and VHF airborne radios, and autopilots, plus much more for retrofit and OEM factory fit aircraft. To learn more about the upgrade solutions, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Hi again, everyone. I'm your host, Jeff Hill, for this October 12th, 2023 edition of AEA Amplified. And today we are happy to share some exciting information with our listeners. Uh, After many years of demonstrating certification expertise to the entire industry, the FAA has now granted Peregrine what's called Organization Designation Authorization, and that allows it to develop and approve many types of STCs on behalf of the agency. And here to tell us all about it is the founder of Peregrine, Mr. Dave Rankin. Dave, thanks so much for joining us uh, today. And uh, before we dive into some of the details of the ODA, um, Can you tell us first just a little bit about the company? You founded it, I think, back in 2009. How did you get started? Uh, Why did you start the company? And what exactly does Peregrine do? Well, thank you, Jeff, for having me here. It's a a real honor and and treat to to share the story uh, about Peregrine. And uh, you're right. We did start the company in 2009. I started the company uh, with uh, uh, my friend, uh, Mark Snyder. Um, And uh, Mark and I worked together together. for several years at Adam Aircraft um, before we found ourselves out of a job uh, following the 2008 financial crisis when uh, that company closed. Um, the decision to start Peregrine uh, came from several factors, uh, including timing, opportunity, and of course, our passion for aviation. Um, we understood that the uh, the VLJ aircraft bubble uh, at that time had ended and that things were changing, and we needed to shift our focus uh, over to the, the many tried and true operational legacy models that needed continued support and, uh, and avionics upgrades. Um, prior to uh, founding Peregrine, uh, there were several experiences that brought me in this direction. Um, I started out in the Air Force um, with a bachelor's in electrical engineering from the Air Force Academy, uh, followed by an MBA from Georgia College. Uh, and that experience with the military really gave me that initial exposure to aviation, uh, the support of avionic systems and uh, the opportunity to work with flight crews uh, and uh, pilots and maintainers. Um, in, uh, in 2004, while working at Air- Adam Aircraft, I, uh, I earned my ticket as an electrical systems DER and uh, participated in obtaining a type certificate of the A500 aircraft. That experience introduced me to the uh, certification process, the complexities and the challenges uh, and the expectations of working hand in hand with the FAA. Um, So uh, after uh, leaving Adam Aircraft uh, and starting Peregrine, we started out a very very small company uh, working in a tiny office in Jet Center East here at Centennial Airport. Uh, We were just three employees at the time. 
and our first project uh, was providing liaison engineering support for Fokker 50 freighter conversions. In uh, 2011 was when we really started developing STCs um, for uh, various manufacturers, distributors, repair stations. Um, and uh, our first STC was uh, obtained for Trig Avionics, uh, in which we installed the TT31 transponder as an ADSB out solution on various airplane models. Our initial flight testing on that project took place on a 1963 C model Mooney. Um, since then, over the past decade, the company's developed over 40 STCs, largely acting as a resource within the AEA community. And our primary focus has been addressing the needs of legacy in-service business jets, specifically focusing on needs driven by safety improving technologies, operational mandates, or obsolescence. However, we, we've supported programs on all types of systems and all types of airplane and roadcraft models, normal and transport category, ranging anywhere from a PITS S2C all the way up to Challenger 604. Uh, with all of these programs, we focus on providing end-to-end -end solutions for our partners where we manage uh, all activities uh, related to the STC, including design, installation, and testing. Um, I'm really proud of the team we have here over the past decade. We, we put together a great team and it's, uh, we've got great energy, great talent, and uh, I'm really proud of what we're able to accomplish now. So we have a, a dozen employees here, uh, very involved board of advisors, and additionally our ODA enlists the support of 30 unit members. Each of these consultants brings industry experience in their various disciplines related to certification. Uh, such an awesome success story and congratulations on going 14 years strong and counting. And uh, I know uh, for many of our listeners, uh, they, they do understand it, but maybe for those who, who don't, um, can you tell us uh, a little bit about what is the ODA process um, and, and what exactly does designation authority mean specifically? I'd be glad to, Jeff. Um, so essentially, our ODA allows us to act as a proxy to the FAA certification branch to scrutinize and approve STCs on their behalf. So uh, what I'm saying, our ODA is essentially uh, an FAA office within our company. Uh, the authorization provides us the capability to carry responsibilities that are normally reserved for the FAA, but that uh, authorization uh, gives us um, ability to act on their behalf. It allows us a means to manage these projects in a more efficient manner while still obligating us to the high standards required by regulations. Um, the process of getting that authorization is quite involved and it took us uh, several years um, to get that. I, I'd say the, uh, the first uh, stage of that and, and most importantly is developing the trust of the FAA that the organization is, is mature and capable to carry that responsibility. Um, and beyond that, there's um, uh, quite a lot of administrative work involved in establishing uh, strict procedures. Uh, all those procedures become the letter of the law, and um, we are required to operate to those procedures to guarantee that our STCs are developed in compliance with the regulations. All of those procedures are documented within our ODA procedures manual that is approved directly by the FAA. And, and Dave, I know you, you mentioned Trig a moment ago and, and, and that you've worked with them, another great AEA member that's headquartered over in Europe. So over the past 14 years that you've been in business, uh, I know that you've 
done numerous STCs, but can you can you talk about that a little bit? Give us an example or two uh, of some success stories there. I, I'd be glad to. Um, so uh, one of the STCs, one of the projects we're really uh, involved with and excited about right now is uh, is our STC that installs the Curtis Wright uh, Fortress recorder as an upgrade to outdated cockpit voice recorders. Uh, we received this STC a couple of years ago. It's a Part 25 AML STC that covers several different light jet models, including Lear's, Hawker's, and Citations. And this provides um, an option for uh, those operators to upgrade the recording system and meet some uh, new international mandates. What's exciting about this recorder is that it has the added capability, not just recording voice, but also capturing and storing video from a cockpit camera. It's really incredible how much information you can obtain uh, when you download the video and see the flight crew's perspective. Uh, further, we've, we've worked with a number of Garmin dealers to support replacement of outdated instruments and radios with more modern equipment. Uh, amongst our, our activity with the Garmin dealers, we completed a Part 25 AML STC in partnership with Southeast Aerospace to upgrade older instruments with the GI-275 multifunction instrument in business jets. In these applications, that, that instrument, as, as you're aware, is a very capable instrument. We purposed it as an electronic standby instrument on one, in, one STC and as an IVSI on, on another. Um, our involvement with the Garmin dealer network uh, involves uh, several other projects, uh, including a complete flight deck upgrade offered by Worldwide Aircraft Services on the Embraer EMB120 turboprop. Um, and that installed the G700 TXI system. Um, and one last example I'd like to share. Um, we've, we've developed several STCs um, supporting installation of the TrueBlue power lithium ion battery systems. Um, and that's been on a number of platforms, the Cessna Caravan, Pilatus PC-12, Beachjet, Challenger 604. And those projects are particularly challenging because they involve special conditions and more complex rules uh, relating, newer, relating to newer technologies uh, such as lithium ion. Uh, so that's, that's just an example of the types of projects that we like to work on. And once again, we are visiting with Dave Rankin of Peregrine here on AA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. And Dave, uh, I know in addition to the STC development for avionics upgrades, uh, Peregrine offers PMA components and installation kits, uh, plus the approval to manufacture parts uh, to TSO standards. What else can you tell us about that service that you provide for the industry? Well, Jeff, uh, manufacturing is a big part of what we do here. Um, you know, we, we don't just do certification. We like to provide a well-rounded uh, full solution um, related to all of our projects. Um, and we have all, always developed PMA kits related to our STCs uh, where it's needed. Um, these kits provide solutions to properly integrate equipment on various airplanes and helicopter models of interest. Uh, we currently hold 18 PMAs and manufacture under an, an FA approved quality system. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the TSO, uh, last uh, year we achieved TSO authorization um, for our first uh, TSO product in partnership with Texas Aerospace uh, for their new TXA-201 accelerometer. Uh, that project was really uh, exciting for us because it gave us the opportunity to challenge ourselves uh, with a new aspect of manufacturing a certification 
and our team really delivered on that one. So we're, we're proud of uh, that accomplishment. Um, stemming from that, we have several new initiatives uh, for technologies related to uh, our STCs that are now in work, and we expect uh, we'll have additional PMA and TSO offerings to share with you soon. Very good. Well, if a member repair station uh, wants to get in touch with you uh, and inquire about some of your services, uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Well, we uh, we do operate out of a hangar facility uh, here at Centennial Airport, uh, just outside of Denver, Colorado. We're right in the middle of the action on the northeast ramp, and we do frequently invite AA members or potential partners to visit with us to explore solutions. Uh, we enjoy these face-to-face -face visits. Um, additionally, we exhibit at the AEA National Convention. Uh, we found that forum to be an excellent opportunity to listen to the needs of various repair stations and associate members. And of course, we're always available with a phone call. You can reach out to uh, TJ Spitzmiller at our main line. TJ is our VP of Business Development and uh, always uh, interested and happy to talk with uh, with customers uh, with new ideas or new opportunities um, and of course you can visit our website for additional information all right dave well before we let you go it's time for our lightning round and our final four questions also sponsored by genesis aerosystems a mode company and here's how it works we're just simply looking for the first thing that comes to your mind uh, and why you feel that way for each of our final four questions so are you ready i'm ready all right number one uh, let's ask you, what's the most interesting place you've ever been to and why? Well, Jeff, the, the first uh, place that comes to mind is the uh, the white sandy beaches of the Florida Panhandle. And uh, I say that I'm um, very fortunate to work in a career that uh, takes me all around the world. Uh, earlier this year, I was uh, in Dublin supporting a customer. I had a fantastic trip there and really enjoyed seeing somewhere new like that. And in the upcoming months, we have a project taking us to Singapore. And I think that's typical of a career in aviation. It's one of the exciting things. However, uh, for me, there's no place like home. I grew up in the Florida Panhandle. I have uh, my family down there, and I, I just love to, to go, go back there. And uh, that's the most interesting place for me. And of course, as a beach lover myself and someone who likes to take cruises, that is the correct answer. So very good. I like that. All right. Number two, uh, if money were no obstacle, what type of aircraft would you like to own and why? Oh, let's see. My answer there is uh, a Beechcraft Bonanza, uh, specifically um, the B-36TC. Um, and I say that because... Uh, we uh, earlier this year we completed an STC uh, for a heater system on a beach bonanza. Our customer there was Bascom Hunter, and uh, our uh, uh, our program manager on that uh, project owns and operates a, a beautiful 1984 beach uh, bonanza. And I was really just blown away by the uh, craft craftsmanship of that airplane, the utility of that airplane. I thought if I had the money, I'd go out and get one of those. Absolutely. All right. Number three, uh, what's your favorite memory in your aviation career? Oh, well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's certainly my most notable memory in aviation, and that's of my first solo flight. Um, my first solo flight was on the morning of September 11, 2001. Um, my instructors uh, sent me out around the pattern for the first time alone. And it was after my first touch and go that the controller instructed me to promptly land and return to parking. 
Uh, I thought I had screwed up big time. I was certain that I had uh, uh, broken some uh, serious rules and I committed some grave piloting error and I'd never fly again, but that was not the case. Uh, I landed, taxied back to parking and my instructor uh, shared with me the real reason for the airspace closure. It's certainly a memorable event. Holy cow, I had no idea, but we're going to have you back on to do another podcast because I want to hear more of that story. That is that that is that is incredible. All right. Uh, number four here. Uh, if you could go back in time and give your 18 year old self a single piece of advice, what would that be? Well, Jeff, thanks for asking that question. I have, uh, I have two teenage sons and I try to share advice with them all the time, uh, but I feel it's uh, very rarely heated. So uh um, but I, what, I, what I do remind them of is that it's the personal connections that we make through our lives that are what become most important. We hold those relationships to uh, be our most prized possessions, and, uh, and with that, everything else takes care of itself. And I hear you on that. I'm father of teenagers myself. So yes, the advice is not always heated, but uh, hopefully eventually it will sink in. Well, Dave, is there anything else? Uh, that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with the avionics community? Uh, sure, Jeff. Uh, yeah, we really take pride in support of the aviation businesses, uh, particularly within the AEA community. Uh, the, the members of AEA do represent our, our largest customer base, and, and uh, we recognize that and we appreciate that. And it's through uh, networking opportunities like the conventions and the forums that have opened doors for us over the years. Um, and uh, it's also the uh, collaboration uh, amongst industry and the representation uh, to the FAA uh, provided by your team that have been uh, really critical, important to us, helping us to achieve the ODA. So uh, thank you for that, and we're, we're appreciative to be part of this community. Well, Dave Rankin, thank you so much for joining us here on AA Amplified. And uh, as you noted earlier, of course, you can learn more about Peregrine online at their website, which is peregrine.aero. And I might also add that uh, look for an upcoming feature story on the company in avionics news. We hope to have that published uh, hopefully with our December issue. So uh, be looking for that uh, in avionics news magazine. And uh, just a couple of reminders for AEA members out there. Uh, please note that there are only or there is only one AEA regional left on the schedule in the United States this year. And that is in Reno, Nevada. We hope you can join us on October the 26th and 27th at the Grand Sierra Resort. And for our members in the South Pacific region, the final region regional of 2023 altogether takes place in Queenstown, New Zealand, and that's going to be November 9th and 10th. You can register now and make your hotel reservations for either of these two-day events at aea.net slash regionals. And a reminder that we do have several upcoming avionics training courses available at AEA headquarters in Lee Summit, Missouri. As always, seating is limited, so you can check out the entire course schedule, read all about the different courses that are available, and enroll and save your seat at aea.net slash training. That is going to wrap it up for today. We hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. To learn more about Genesis and its full range of upgrade solutions, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Thanks again to Dave Rankin of Peregrine for being our guest today. And until next time, here on AEA Amplified, for our producer engineer, Aaron Ward, this is your host, Jeff Hill, wishing you... Blue skies ahead. So long, everybody. <laughs>